build business with passion and let data tell your story. If you are a founder having difficulties handling investors' curveball questions, or an investor wondering how to find the next golden startup deal, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Parul, your host for this episode of the Dash Investability Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you, Amos, for making time today. Uh, Amos, uh, you are an amazing guy. Why I do say that? Because, you know, with your background in robotics, I have a bit of a, a play around there, but they're much like you're similar to industrial robotics. They, I, I used to kind of love the way they used to kind of, you know, work, and but that was a lifetime, a lifetime ago. So Amos is an expert in robotics. He's a serial innovator. He's an engineer par excellence. Yeah, proven tech track record of successful launching of innovative products. And if I'm not wrong, you were also vice president at Bosch. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it was, it's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you talk a little about yourself, let people know who you are, and then we jump right into the, the, the session. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. First of all, thank you very much for for having me. Um, so, um, maybe um, can start with, with a short introduction of, of my, myself. So, uh, as you said, Amos, um, I'm currently the co-CEO and uh, one of the co-founder of of Sparkfield. And um, yeah, as you said, I have a technical background. So, I've studied electrical engineering and economics. Uh, but I'm more of a, of a techie guy. Uh, my, my PhD was on robotics and, and mechatronics. And I've also given lectures in control theory uh, at the New University of, of Hanover. So I've been with Bosch uh, almost uh, 20 years, uh, but all the time in a very innovative space. So, uh, for instance, I've been the, the chief expert for robotic system running uh, the strategic program on this and also um, this was accompanied with uh, launches of, of products to the market. But the most formative time for, for me uh, at Bosch was as a, a managing director of the Bosch startup platform, uh, which, which was about um, creating new business, um, trying out new uh, processes, uh, etc., for ideas which has not found um, yeah location within Bosch for for exploitation. And during this time, I was uh, also a founder and CEO of of a startup which was called Deepfield Robotics. Uh, it was about agricultural robotics. And at the end of the day, actually, we developed two product families. Uh, one was a robotic system for plant phenotyping, scouting for mechanical. Uh, which means chemical-free weed control, and the other was an IoT solution, basically um, sensors, microclimate sensors in the field, connected with an app, which was giving advice to to the farmers how to improve their processes, um, etc. In the beginning of 2019, um, I met with Matthias, who is also here in the line, who is a strength 
training expert. He is a German champion in, in bench press. Uh, he is also the record holder uh, since uh, three months um, time. So great guy, and he told me about his his idea um, because he envisaged envisioned for a long period of time already how to make strength training a more appealing experience, how to bring this to a, to a larger um, um, a group of people. And uh, I was immediately enthusiastic about this idea because I have seen a robotic system in in, in his idea. This is um, this the solution and. Um, so we, we started first activities uh, at at Bosch. Um, uh, besides our jobs, we built first uh, ideas, um, um, IPs, so patents, applications, etc. And uh, but at the end of the day, unfortunately or fortunately, let's see, uh, we have not found. Um, uh, a home for, for this idea at, at Bosch because there is no sales channels in, in fitness, etc. I will tell you more about um, the idea later on. And so we decided, okay, we are on the right age, uh, we have the experience, uh, we can afford also for, uh, for, for some time to live from, from your own money, from your own pockets. And uh, so we have run through a management buyout um, um, program and uh, with some other uh, entrepreneurs I have also seen Delia is in, in the line, uh, we have founded Sparkfield. So this was beginning of, of last year. And yeah, this is where we are today. So you know what, I, I really love to do something very interesting and I, I, I am hoping and assuming there are some investors who are, uh, who could be interested in you. It doesn't matter if they are big investors or small investors. I'm going to put you on a spot. You know, get you. <laughs> Matthias is nodding. <laughs> Let's do an elevator pitch. 60 seconds. Your time starts. I mean, not by your clock, by the way, which tells times twice yeah, a day. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not moving forward. So okay. stay in time. Let's, let's, let's put you on a spot. 60 seconds. Your time starts. Now, okay, so Sparkfields is a robotics and software tech startup. Our product is Sparkfield Core, which is a full body strength training machine, uh, which actually is both. It is your personal training partner and also your coach. And the magic behind is that the software defines the motion and the resistances and adapts them actually to your body parameters and your training goals. It is unique in the sense that it allows more than 30 recognized strength training exercises, including the so-called big five. It allows for the most state-of-the-art training methods, which makes it very efficient. It is safe, it is intuitive, and of course, it's also a lot of fun. And the best is, all this fits on two square meters. So this makes this system um, fitting perfectly in situation where there is not a huge space, but you have the demand for a highly qualified strength training. So we say on a small footprint actually is the only solution for high qualified strength training. But in our opinion, it is elsewhere anywhere the best solution because it's robotics. <laughs> <laughs> and you jumped from a big ship like Bosch. Mm -hmm. Right, which had a security of a of a of a paycheck, yeah, 
And uh, how has been your startup journey so far, you know, and how difficult or how easy uh, it has been? Yeah, um, yeah, that's really an interesting question. Um, um, so we have been with, with Bosch and we, we have been backed up and supported very much with, with all the processes, with all the suppliers. There were contracts in place uh, developed by, by super uh, uh, lawyers uh, and, and so forth. And um, we have not been prepared uh, in, in, in this regard when we, we started uh, the, the, the startup. So no qualified um, um, suppliers and so forth. And, when you are independent, um, you're an independent startup, you pay the tuition and all the learnings from your own pocket. Yeah, and this 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 hurts uh, a bit. So this is uh, definitely one one of the learnings. Yeah. So um, to be clear about the the kind of cooperation, to frame it correctly, to, to clarify the right and the duties, and yeah, this this kind of relationship is is very crucial. Yeah. So this was a difference, but. Uh, uh, the daily work is uh, is the same. So, um, a corporate startup within Bosch or an external size is the same. Yeah. So, you're dealing with the uncertainties, and you need to develop your products uh, idea further and find customers and support. But of course, you are perceived differently as a small startup um, compared to a big ship, as you said, in in the back with a big brand and um, yeah. So, and a big <laughs> so I, that just brings me to a couple of, uh, you know, I mean, you've been, you are a seasoned, a seasoned uh, executive turned entrepreneur and the journeys on one side, corporate journey versus this one, which is, you know, you're building the parachute when you've kind mm -hmm. of, you know, jumped off the plane. What are those two, three things uh, which you wished you would have known before you started up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this, this, the, the one I just, just told you, yeah. Um, uh, so how um, to develop this, this kind of, of, of corporations, uh, how to frame it correctly right from the start, um, et cetera. Um, but, but generally, I would say if you, if you run a new company, um, you you are faced with a lot of uncertainties. You have many hypotheses uh, which needs to be validated or invalidated to uh, to go ahead. And actually, I like this this, this uncertainty and this this part of the journey. Yeah. Uh, so if I would know in advance uh, where it goes to, there is no need for 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 researching it. Yeah? But but I like actually the, the, this process uh, to um, figure out what is the most relevant question for the moment and how to develop an experiment uh, to turn this this um, hypothesis into knowledge, this uncertainty in, into knowledge. And uh, so I. Um, I, I frame this uh, always. It's it's about optimization of the yeah? So as as soon as you know more, yeah, you can optimize for uh, for for the future, but not not for the back. The question is that you uh, reach the, this this point uh, quickly. Uh, yeah, um, and maybe also some some. So so far, I would say at Spark we have not done. Too many detours, 
So, um, so we we, we uh, stopped uh, fast, uh, etc. So because we had already experience um, in, in in this field, and um, yeah, it's a good idea not to repeat mistakes you have done in the past. Yeah, I can tell you uh, <laughs> many many of them. So one was, for for instance. Uh, to rely too much on a, on a first pilot, uh, on on his requirements, uh, etc. It's great to to, to have uh, a pilot customer which is very enthusiastic about your idea and supporting it and investing um, his own money, uh, etc. But um, at that time, uh, we uh, took it for granted that uh, his competitors in, in the field will have the same demands and you, you can just re repeat um, um, uh, the, the success, uh, etc., which was not the, the, the case. And uh, so this was one learning. Now, yeah. one swallow does not make a summer. It's not one customer which makes the business. Yeah, so you need to be broader in, in, in this regard. So in, in uh, you know, this basically brings me to a very, before we jump into our topic, and I'm not going to go very deep into it, but I am very curious to know, in spite of the fact that you had such wealth of experience behind you, you had, uh, you have made a lot of mistakes, but I am yet to meet a startup or I'm yet to meet somebody who's started up and said that they haven't made those mistakes or you know they've been some critical failures as we call it in the either in the process or in the design or in the market side and we're going to use this as a uh, you know just a couple of uh, more questions that i would it come to my mind and then use them as a segue to get into our our main topic and what has been your biggest failure so far and what exactly have you learned from it and how you kind of you know quickly turn things around mm -hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, gen generally, um, from, from a bird's eye view, I, I think it's uh, what, what is very important is um, to have a balanced progress. I don't know whether you know um, Joanne Highland. Uh, so she, she's quite famous. She has uh, written a couple of books on um, corporate startups, on, on pivoting, uh, etc. And luckily, uh, during my time with the Bosch startup platform, um, um, she coached us and she, she developed a method with, which I still use and which is very, very helpful to, 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 um, to, to understand um, all the relationships. And she called it the system TMRO, which stands for uh, technology, market, resources and organization. And the basic, the basic idea is that you develop your, your business uh, in these four dimensions in a uniform way. So imagine there, there is a maturity scale, a maturity level on all, all these domains. And they need to fit, they need uh, the maturity levels in these four domains, they need to fit to each other. Otherwise, you, you get in, into trouble. So um, from the technology side, you may, uh, you may know the um, uh, technology readiness level by NASA. So it's a scale from one to 10, uh, can, can be applied here quite well. So one is in, um, means you have an idea, 10 means you have sent a rocket to the moon and astronauts return back and they are still safe, everything is fine. As a, and as you can imagine, there are also steps in between. 
on, on the maturity scale. So we have a scale uh, for uh, to, to um, evaluate the maturity with regard to your, to your technology. And the same exists also for the market, which means how mature is your business model? How good do you know your, your customers, uh, your competitors? Uh, how well it is your business uh, case, um, the, the, the price and so forth. The same exists for, for the resources and for the organization. So for the organization, um, uh, you can imagine that you need different processes and different mindsets and people at the beginning when you just start to explore a new business uh, compared to a later stage when you are going to, to scale or to, to expand your business to other countries, etc. It's a different story. Okay. And, uh, and her idea is that you, that this uh, maturity levels in the four dimensions, they need to, they need to fit to each other at each state uh, stage. Yeah. And so, and here the biggest failure uh, I've already experienced when there was a mismatch. So uh, in um, yeah, in one activity, um, or, um, the, the maturity of technology and business was quite high, but not the organization. So this means you get in the scaling trap. Uh, there's no no way to, to, to scale it because the, the organization is missing to exploit it and to, to scale it, etc. But also the other way around, I experienced within Bosch uh, as well, that there was uh, an idea which was not that mature. So technology and business model was not, not clear enough. Uh, it was still in an early stage. But on the other hand, there was a fully fledged organization already available. Uh, which uh, we're going to, to, to scale it. But this also doesn't work because you have a very rigid structure with a lot of processes, et cetera, and there's no possibility uh, to, to, to pivot, to make changes, et cetera. And so this, this would be my, my, my plea to, to everyone. It's very important from time to time to, to step back uh, on a meta level and just to analyze where you stay in this maturity level, do they fit to, to, to each other? And uh, if not, then to use this as, as a good hint, um, what to prioritize next and where to, to put your new focus on. Now, and, but, but this, this scale, this maturity levels, you can define yourself. Yeah? So there's no, no blueprint. It's, it depends also uh, on the business, but, but um, for, for me, this is this is extremely helpful uh, because no, I, this is absolutely absolutely this TMRO because I wasn't even aware of that, and I mean it resonates so closely with me that uh, I mean I have seen quite a few startups failing, and um, apart from several reasons, I think you know you are either too early, too late, or you know one or the other of the. Uh, uh, dimension is is just not uh, stacking up. I mean, I'm surprised you mentioned NASA and technology readiness. The big difference, it was just an example to understand. The big difference here is that for NASA, only the technology readiness level is important. Yeah, because uh, they, they have known 
there is no no need for for a market proof and uh, resources etc. They have it, yeah. So it's only technology oh, which counts. <laughs> you know, I'm a bit cynical about it. You know, since 1972, 19th December, where the technology readiness was 10, they have not been able to send anybody on the moon. <laughs> not yeah, even. yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's another good good question. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, let me come back to the um, topic. And I mean, uh, before we open the floor, because I think there's wealth of information, wealth of learnings from your side, which I think a lot of uh, people could make use of. And thank you for sharing this TMRO model with us, because this is very helpful. Now I'm gonna come to the market side and you talked about TM and M as the, uh, you know, the market part of it. So uh, how did you arrive at, uh, you know, how big is the market size for your product or uh, how did you, wh what were the steps you took? I'm sure you would have probably taken the course also to arrive at that. But I mean, I just wanted to, you know, get, get your uh, view on it. How did you get to that stage? Mm. Yeah. So, so, um, so this also fits to this TMRO logic, yeah. So it's in the second column, yeah. It's uh, it's it's about the market, and uh, of course also the, the figures you derive from the, the your estimations they develop over time. It's also an iterative process, and then the, the, the beginning uh, it is rough, but it's the best guess you you have for 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 the moment um, starting. Uh, with analysis of, of the market and um, the, the competitors and uh, um, the, the customers, etc. But, but um, um, when you further proceed, um, we we use for for instance then market research, uh, which means also uh, service in in the market to get into interaction uh, with the customers and to better understand actually with their the preference preferences. Um, uh, the willingness to pay, also uh, to to test um, the, the the features you you uh, may develop um, for for the product and uh, the sensitivity towards this this uh, these features, uh, etc. It's of course more and more time consuming, but but more reliable. But I would say it's never it's never finished as long as the market is not not there or you have not fully developed your your business. You cannot know, but I would say you start with quite big figures, and they uh, they shrink over over time. It's like the, the lawn, which from far looks very greenish, yeah. And if you get closer to the lawn, you see some oil patches and uh, uh, you call them mall holes or, or so, yeah. Um, that's that's the way it is, but. Um, it's it's uh, also it's it's an iterative process. No. Absolutely, no, absolutely clear. So uh, you know, you talked very much about uh, uh, you know assessing the market size and trying to get the voice of the customer to determine the features and the propensity for the customers to pay. You know, uh, it's very important, and I think I should place it on the table here for any founders who are out there. This is called customer development, and, and uh, it's not business development, it's customer development, trying to identify those areas and sweet spots and the willingness to pay that 
should they have it today with you uh, uh, then would they you know continue to use it or they're going to you know drop it uh, yeah, the, the, the kind of assessments you need to do out there the most important and you very rightly said these are like you know iterative processes um i have just a couple of uh questions around that and if you if you don't mind me asking what exactly led you to appeal to this particular set of customers i want to get behind uh, the the mindset the the psychology of the mindset you know what i mean i want to go to the core the kernel so what made you appeal to this particular market which you are appealing to okay um yeah so actually we, we, we switched also so here as as uh, we said both it's an iterative uh, process um and um yeah it's um it's it's um, also a result of of the market survey yeah so um, in the theory yeah so when when you uh, try to to explore the the size of the market, the, the total addressable market, uh, which is by, by definition, um, the number of customers uh, multiplied the, the, the price that they're going to pay for, 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 for your product. But, but this, this two factors in, in this calculation, they're not independent of each other. Uh, Absolutely. Since, um, yeah, if you give it for free, you have a lot of customers. If it's unaffordable or at a prohibitive price, there is no customer. So this, this needs to, to, to fit together and also with, with the business case and with the technology, um, because having market but not, not being able to develop uh, the, the, the product uh, to, to this cost is also no, no business. Yeah? So uh, that's why I, I would never look at it that isolated. Right? Uh, all, all, all goes together. Okay, and just just to do um, return a bit to, uh, to to Sparkfield Core. So uh, um, as discussed before, the, the uh, strength training machine, uh, which um, the major benefit of having a low full footprint but providing a fully fledged uh, gym in, in in this this machine. Two square meter. Yeah, two square meters. It's like a treadmill. It's not 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 bigger than this. Yeah, but but we have the degrees of freedom due to the robotic te technologies, uh, etc. And so we envisaged uh, for us to to address the um, the private customers. Yeah, B two C market. This and, and we have run also a market survey on this, which was um, excellent with excellent results. So there is there's a huge market. For, for, for this. Uh, um, also, there's a high uh, willingness to, to, to pay. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, for, for the moment, we, we pivoted to, to another market segment, uh, which is um, the, the provider of fitness in companies, um, which is more of a B2B market, because we consider this as a better market entry strategy. Because all is linked together. Uh, it would mean entering immediately uh, the, the B2C market uh, would need to invest a lot of efforts to uh, into design to cost 
uh, activities uh, for, for for the moment into the production etc to, to meet the, the the target cost we ca cannot do at the moment we, we cannot uh, afford to invest millions in, into machines uh, uh, that we can then produce it um, for for um, for a smaller price and that's why uh, we, we decided to to pivot and to enter into uh, another market which is also very interesting and uh, on on the rise uh, but which is not that restrictive with respect to 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 the costs um, and uh, and which and with this was also important to us which does not mean any uh, unpredictable path dependencies now because if you head into, the, into a market uh, there are special needs in, in this market, maybe new requirements, etc. And uh, we selected such a market segment, which um, also provide the same end customers with the same uh, requirements at the end of the day with respect to the, to the product, not to run into these issues. Uh, because uh, then there's no way out anymore or very... <laughs> You love to talk about technology. You love to talk about technology. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, okay. I mean, this is very interesting. But tell me, you know, I'm going to throw this floor open to the to the uh, to to the audience, and they might would ask you some questions, some possibly some tricky ones, and probably pick your mind also in terms of. Uh, your your technical uh, abilities, but one last question, and then I'm I'm out. And that is that: what are the worst resources that you have that have been detrimental for you so far in your startup journey? Consider this: that you've been you you know you have a depth of experience when it comes to uh, corporate uh, side. I mean, I, I somehow I, I touched it already. So the the, the learning so my, my expectation uh, when running a business outside uh, of, of of Bosch um, that you are perceived differently um, by externals, and um, they they have an, another focus or another agenda. I mean, um, it's it's okay when. when um, Partners are, are focused on on the financial aspects, uh, etc. But this is I was not 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 prepared. So what what I want to say, um, we had some some uh, collaborations with, with with people which we knew before, also from uh, the, the the Bosch time where there were excellent uh, uh, corporations, uh, etc. And then there was uh, a big disappointment uh, when the attitude changed. Uh, where we're dealing with, with, with a startup. And uh, okay, so it, it's okay, but I've not been prepared for, for this. So this was quite, quite a struggle. Okay. So you both. Well, it was the, the worst uh, resource. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, 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 uh, so I think there's a very interesting question coming up from uh, Aditya Mani. Uh, Aditya, uh, you can briefly unmute yourself and ask the questions. Just go straight to the question uh, and we'll give Amos time to answer. Uh, hi, Amos. Uh, thank you very much for those insights. I think uh, what you bring to the table is pretty amazing, the kind of experience with Bosch. 
uh, I've actually felt trapped to this. I was running a healthcare software company and, um, you know, I always would keep thinking when I go to one, uh, you know, customer, all the requirements would automatically translate across the industry. And then we realized we've pivoted too much. We've gone too custom into the whole thing, which is when I actually split the company into and created a services company, which worked differently and a product company, which had its own autonomy. So I, I was just commenting that it's important to stay away from the POC trap or the paid pilot trap because it's comforting to keep getting the checks because big companies will keep writing you those checks, but you move away from your strategy, your vision, because you're only executing on their strategy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ajitya, for this insight. Amos, would you like to add a little bit to it? Because you know you were on the other side of the table, you know, making sure you suck those people in and keep handing out POCs. <laughs> you have you're being put on the spot once again, yeah. twice in this session. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything to add? Or um, no, perfect. Yeah, it's, okay. uh, yeah it's so you're fully in line. So if we made uh, similar experiences, it means there's uh, some truth in it. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Aditya, for bringing this up. I think this is hugely valuable. Uh, I do hear a lot uh, from the founders that you know they've got POCs with X, Y, Z, whatever else. So amazing! Thank you for this insight. Probably it'll be helpful for a lot of people. And and we have Amos who was on the other side, you know, validating it. So thank you. Um, Another question which we have is uh, uh, startups are looking to raise capital from, from or work with a larger corporate such as Bosch. What is the best way to get the foot in the door and how long the process usually takes? To, to get a foot into the door at a, of, of like a large corporate like Bosch, like you were at Bosch Innovation. So, yeah. you know, you were inviting it's, I think it's more like in the direct, going in the direction of uh, corporate innovation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah. how difficult or easy or how is it that you make Bosch invest into your idea? Okay. Um, yeah. Also for Bosch, it, it, it is a journey uh, behind. And um, um, of course, um, things has changed. There are also different entities in uh, in Bosch which are dealing uh, with, with innovation so in in different areas. so for instance uh, at Bosch there's a um, uh, subsidiary called RBVC so this the Bosch venture capital branch uh, so they invested hundreds of, of millions uh, uh, so, so so far in in external companies um, um, and um, so of course you can get access with them, but, but of, uh, as every we see, they have uh, their area where they are um, active, and um, typically um, these uh, activities they are somehow related with, with Bosch, or uh, at least uh, if you look 10, 15 years into the future, uh, so so. Um, computer science and, and so forth. Uh, there is um, this um, or startup platform. So it's more for internal uh, ideas uh, which um, uh, are further explored. And the, the main target is then to, um, to transfer the, the results 
uh, as soon as they are mature in back to Bosch and to uh, business units which can scale this these ideas um, then there is an open Bosch um, platform uh, so for corporations uh, Bosch company um, uh, Bosch uh, entities with uh, with startups etc et there, there are so many uh, so if someone is interested uh, um, so we are very well linked still so we, we could um, make some introduction compile a list uh, what, what kind of possibilities exist but as often there is no one solution fits all and that's why there is a bunch of, of uh, uh, possibilities how, how uh, to, to get in, in contact could also be direct uh, directly linked to a business unit if it it is very close to, to this business unit yeah so if you have an idea for uh, gardening etc then there's a business unit lawn and garden yeah which belongs to to power tools and and, and, and so forth yeah but but uh, the 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 Barrier which needs to, to be overcome is to, to find the, the right person to, to ask, <laughs> who to ask or uh, to whom to talk to. So you have here in the line at minimum three people <laughs> from, from Bosch or related to Bosch. Uh, if you have an idea, we are happy to, to make the contact and who to approach. You know? So, uh, so in nutshell, uh, would it be okay if people approach you to request you to make uh, some introductions or support? Yeah. If yeah. So you know, it's founder to founder kind of a support infrastructure. That's amazing. That's the power of the community that we we also try to build uh, together. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Um, I, I, I want to, to add something because I see that, that Marcus' book is, is um, uh, on the line because your last question was about the the, the, um, the worst resources um, question and I would like to, to give also a good example, <laughs> not not to end up with some uh, negative part uh, because not not because we are here in a due dash. Uh, event, but, but um, um, very sincerely and uh, frankly, so it's really great to work uh, with you guys together um, and um, to, to feel also the, the, the passion about it. The, so the discussions, the expert discussion with Marcus and with Powell, they're really excellent because they're, they're making our problems to, 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 to their problems. Uh, you see how well prepared they, they, they get into um, uh, this, this discussions you get response very quickly uh, over, over the weekend and Marcus even visited us um, at, at the fair when we presented for the first time our uh, system to, um, to to the public so thank you very much for, for, for this Not, um, so I, I would like uh, to have a positive final comment. Not <laughs> Thank you so much. We much appreciate this kind of a feedback. You know, uh, that's ultimately our goal that if if we can add that tiny bit of value to uh, the journey, I think that feels that's that's the ultimate success. Everything else is notional. Uh, and Marcus also put a question. He said, Marcus, you go ahead, ask yourself, why, why do you need the man in the middle then? 
Hey, Alice, first of all, uh, that was appreciated, uh, that feedback. Um, what, the question that I have, because I mean, I was part of that process and I was wondering also, um, what, how did you feel in pivoting your business model from a B2C to B2B? And what is it that you found most difficult about it, about doing that? Pivot? Was it emotionally? Was it the work that came with it? Um, that was something I was interested in. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, yeah. It's the, the, the emotional part of it. This is uh, of of course. So because you you fall in love with, with your idea, and the idea is is not dead. It's still alive. Yeah, and we are fully convinced that uh, this this will happen. And then it takes some some time for for this transformation. Uh, also on, on the slides, on, in the mindset, uh, in the approach to the market. And uh, yeah, it's a bit also of, uh, the feeling of sunk cost fallacy because you invested uh, so much into uh, understand uh, the, the market needs, etc. And you know, yeah, honestly, you need to repeat uh, this, this activity to understand better now the, the new situation um, because it's the same user at the end of the day, which uh, makes me very confident that uh, there is no need to, to change the machine. It's now it the technology side of it. So a human is a human. It's <laughs> human in our definition is from one meter 55 to uh, two meters, um, uh, et cetera. But um, different setup and the phase and, and yeah, but we are very happy with it because uh, yeah, we know this is not the right path. We reach the next maturity level, so this feels also good. Yeah, to uh, climb up the, the ladder uh, in, in in this regard. But as you have seen in our discussions, um, it takes some time to fully um, um, live it, also in your slides, in your thinking, and so forth. That's incredible, Lamos. I think there are a lot of thank yous uh, people are sharing with you. Guys, if you have any further questions, please go ahead. Otherwise, I don't want to continue asking questions. There are so many, so much of diverse uh, angles which you can extract from Amos. So go ahead. Uh, Aman Sadiq, uh, Sadiq. Uh, Aman, you could potentially unmute yourself. I give you a chance to go show your face and uh, ask the question directly to Amos. Sure, thanks, Nikhil. Thanks, Amos, for the insightful session. So I had this question, so I wanted to understand like, what metrics you considered while pivoting to B2B from B2C. A uh, reason why I'm ask asking this question because I understand that the product is a great fit for personalized training mm -hmm. uh, for a B2C channel rather than being used in traditional gyms. Um, and what was the, the question? Why we have um, pivoted, or what were the KPIs? What were the KPIs which you were, which made you take that decision that you need to move from B two C to B two B market, or is it just like you know, what exactly were yeah. the thought processes around yeah. it and the KPIs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's it's. Um, since we are still in an, uh, in an early phase, yeah, and um, so we do not know exactly what, what the, the our costs will look like at the end, etc. It's it was uh, mostly about the costs. So, so we analyze already the uh, 
willingness to, to, to pay from, from the, the customer side, okay, in, in a research, in a survey, yeah, which is good, but, but this is not the truth. Yeah? The truth happens when, when you start selling uh, the, 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 the system. Uh, and um, um, and this, this business is today not, not existing. So it means you need to develop the customers, you need um, to, to, to develop the market, etc. And we have seen this as a, a too high barrier to, to overcome for, for the moment. And on the other hand, we have seen that there is a pull from another side of, 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 of the market. Uh, which also sounds very reasonable. And uh, as said before, we're with all these this ideas not to run to part dependencies, etc. So we have also talked to, to sport clubs here from Bundesliga, so from German Premier League uh, and so forth. High interest also from their side, but, but this would uh, push us, uh, pull us into uh, the, the wrong direction uh, with regards uh, to, to, to the business. So, um, I think it's we, we see this as a as a soft soft start a reasonable soft start in into the market and this is about what you need from uh, from the, the beginning um, that that you have a protective space where can you where you can further develop uh, your your business and uh, increase the maturity of, of of the product and the services and so forth and uh, we will leave it then to to the future to expand into these others. Uh, the other, the other approaches, but you will not find such companies, uh, I think, in in Germany, uh, but but in in Silicon Valley, where they're doing uh, this kind of blitz scaling, yeah, where you throw in uh, hundreds of of millions, uh, and you bet on 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 something, and then you can make it immediately in into the huge market, but also with the risk, this possibility you don't have in in Germany. I, I, think I agree with you. I agree with you, Amos. I think we are in Germany. We are a bit more, more uh, balanced and uh, you know, uh, risk averse. If I may say exactly, so. yeah. So, so uh, you, there, there's a lot of money. Yeah, there is a wealthy country, and I, I, I assume that uh, you, you you get funding as soon as you have reached um, high maturity. And then it's, uh, but you can go also to the bank then, yeah. So no uncertainties anymore. Then uh, you get um, or less uncertainties. Um, business model clarified, and uh, you just need to scale it. But uh, for for early stage, I need to get a lot of funding. Correct. Absolutely correct. Every market has got its own nuances, and yeah, uh, exactly. So you know, we we are uh, you know at a due dash. We are very very cognizant of that aspect in every market, and thankfully, you know, we are a team which is which is uh, which is from an age perspective. Also, it understands the nuances, and then from the uh, geography perspective as well. So we kind of have been operating in different areas. So I, I totally get you and I totally understand. And I think what happens is, unfortunately, this whole Silicon Valley mindset gets peddled across the world. And uh, then we, a lot of, I mean, I call it shock tank uh, mindset, you know, that is just peddled across the world and people are left confused. Anyways, uh, uh, <clears throat> I have a 
you know i'm just so i didn't i'm not sure if we are getting more questions from the audience but i have uh, some questions which is pertaining to your experience on dudash as a platform <clears throat> and uh, what exactly were the toughest parts of the platform build from your style from a sparkfield standpoint to build up your your infrastructure on that and what was the value you derived uh, in terms of when you when you went through the process yeah uh, i guess delia who is in the live could could better answer this so maybe she will unmute and uh, tell you something uh, about this because she was uh, carrying us through um, the, the 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 process um i i'm honestly i'm i'm the guy i like more to 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 talk and uh, to um, do this, this so conversation and and to learn uh, uh, this way instead um, to using a tutorial and so on. Um, I've read quite a lot of books on uh, on startup and whatever etc. And they're all excellent, great great books. And but but uh, and. But I'm not sure whether the people understand actually what uh, um, what is written there because I uh, experienced many many times that when I read the, in this book I was so as, in, astonished that uh, there was so much of wisdom in in one line or or two lines because you have run through the same experience yourself and then you you understand ah okay yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's how, how it is. Uh, it is written here. But I'm, I'm not sure whether someone who reads this for the first time understands well, what is written there. Uh, you read the sentence, but, but experience you need to do yourself. Otherwise, you, you don't learn it. Yeah. And um, so that, that, that's uh, why the discussion with Markus Paro, super. Yeah. So uh, I highly appreciate. This is about I, I cannot um, on, on the process, uh, uh, etc. So maybe Delia can tell, tell more. So Delia, if you are if you are online and you are listening to this, uh, uh, okay, Delia, quickly tell us. Uh, and this is a Sparkfield event, by the way. So you know you're free to go full out. Maybe you want to also you know. Uh, use the spotlight by uh, unmuting your camera. <laughs> so then you see also some some nice faces. Yes, yeah, we can. Go ahead. <laughs> so Delia, go ahead. Tell us what was the most difficult part of uh, uh, you know when you were building up on on uh, on Dudash platform. Well, I guess this is um, this is the amount of time you need to uh, to comply with with the requirements of the platform i would say because everything is kind of known for us like you know um what you wrote uh, down in, in the tutorials um, the different things we need in the pitch the different things we need in the data uh, rooms etc but behind it means a lot of discussions also in the team to to be really able to uh, to take out the essence and to, to bring it uh, correctly and transparently uh, to some other people and to make it so easy that anyone can understand what it is about. And for us, it's a very big challenge 
but we uh, really appreciate it. And, and I think um, this is also what I must said, um, the exchange in, uh, at this stage, because um, we kind of uh, tried our best in the initial phase to, uh, to put um, the things uh, to, um, to the, um, how to say, to the point. And even after some discussions, we were able to, to, to bring it also to the next level. So, so this was, uh, I mean, everything is, uh, is, uh, is, um, is time consuming, of course, but it's very, very um, uh, fulfilling at the end. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so what were the most interesting parts and were the most least uh, favorite parts for you? Hmm. I think it's it's about maybe the uh, the usability of the profile. I mean, it's really small, like what I would say, right? Because actually, um, I worked uh, in a Word document and filled afterwards the the, the profile because at some points, um, for instance, you 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 have those um, those characters uh, maximum, and you really have to fit it. And at some point, you really need to go uh, to uh, to uh, to be able to fit those those character numbers. And well, I mean, it was really back and forth, back and forth. And um, at some point, also to see how it looks like on the profile itself, because you know, like the the way you are uh, making the um, the survey to uh, to uh, to pick up to collect the the informations from uh, from the um, founder side. It's uh, afterwards in the dashboard. It's a little differently uh, uh, put out, and afterwards I took just the um, how to say I had the the habit afterwards to first have a look where everything is put and then try to to fill out the information so that at the end there is a, a nice big picture. So I think you just need to to work a little with the the platform to understand how it works out, and then you 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 win on um, on uh, uh, speed but at the beginning it's yeah you have you just have to to start using it and understand and well Wonderful. that's it i mean <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much thank you and with that uh, we are reaching the end of our our uh, session one last thing amos last words from you what advice do you have for upcoming uh, entrepreneurs on, on upcoming startup founders yeah passion is all about passion you need to love the, the uncertainty uh, and consider this tmro logic this is very helpful <laughs> thank you so much uh, we have another logic which we call as 5d model i'm sure you're familiar with that and the investors are um calibrating you assessing you on these five dimensions i'll just leave it with that team timing traction technology and tam and today we talked very briefly about tam uh, but i think you you made a very important point that it's all about customer development to really assess the market and the propensity for the customers to pay with that thank you everybody thank you so much for participating today and I hope you derive value out of it. Thank you so much. Have a nice day, evening, night, morning, wherever you are. Fundraising is an event. 
But what happens before and after that? Qualitative investor relations are the basis for future success. Visit udash.com to learn more. And for more episodes, subscribe to our channel. 